Welcome to the Doc G Show, a radio show cluster. F- Without further ado, critics have said he has the face for radio and a voice for silent films. Your host, Ben Doc G Gordon. And we are on the air. Welcome to the Doc G Show. I'm your host, Doc G. With me, as, as always, the one, the only, Mikey Maximus, the Vernicus Charette. What's up, Doc G? You know, uh, not too much. Jeez. Not too much. Yeah. You know, um, Grammys happened. No vicious mm-hmm. slaps. Uh, we had, uh, the national championship, no upsets, the number one seed won. So true. Yeah. Not too exciting. You know, so I can't, I can't say it was sort of (laughs) what you would expect during the week, you know? You know? Yeah, yeah. For sure. For sure. Mike, I want to get right down to business of this, of this show. (laughs) You may be aware of this. We have some pretty dumb stories on the show. Wait, what? Sometimes. We do that occasionally, you know? Mm-hmm. It's, uh... But, I will back up. Even though they're usually dumb, they come from reliable sources, you know? Mm-hmm. Yeah. C- CNN, local news stations, New York Times. They come from reliable sources. Mm-hmm. So true. And, uh, I was, I was cruising the social medias this weekend. You know, Word. just just getting knee deep in there, and mm-hmm. the goofy sh- on there is so much, so much worse than what we have on this show. So much, <laughs> like yeah. what we Very have worse. on the show does not hold a candle to the goofy sh- social media. Nope, nowhere no. close. No, nowhere. Mike, I was cruising the old search page. Of Snapchat. Mm. Ooh. Yeah. Yeah. I got I gotta be I I, I will be honest, is at least sixty-five percent of the pages that I could have clicked on would have made me instantly dumber if I would have clicked on them. Like <laughs> like sniffing glue. As soon as I opened yeah. it, just instantly five thousand brain cells gone. Mm-hmm. Gone. Um, That's a fact. Now, obviously, you know, thinking about it, Mike, I was like, well, these these pages, they they learn your moves, you know, they mm-hmm. uh, they're, they're following, they're tracking you. So these, oh, yeah. I, I was like, so this this is a, this is a mirror image of my dumbness. That's what I'm looking at here, <laughs> yeah, you know. Yeah. And oh. I, and I mean, a couple makes sense, you know. A co- I was going through a couple, and I was like, oh, this this makes sense. Like uh, the Mind Your Business subscription page on Snapchat. Mind Your Business. Uh, Mm. There was a picture of Leonardo DiCaprio. And the caption says, Leo's uh, addiction to young models. Hmm. And I was like, okay, I can see where that comes from. I am a fan of Leo. That makes sense. Mm -hmm. I get it. But I would like to point out to mind your business Snapchat that they're not really minding their business. Nope. You know? Mm-mm. Nor am I. No. But uh, <laughs> second, I would like to point out that Leo has, as as the listeners know, he's dated models older than himself. And he's dated Zach Efron. So Sweet. I think I should say it should say Leo's addiction to attractive people and models. Yeah. Just that. I mean, we don't have to say mm-hmm. young. 
Has he dated young models? Yes. Has he dated mm-hmm. older models? Yes. Has he dated just hot people? Yes. Mm-hmm. Does he have a Does he have a plant named after him? You betcha. You know. Mm-hmm. So yeah, he does. I'm just saying. Now, uh, <laughs> that one makes sense, right? But some of these make no effing sense. I want to give you an example of some of the ones that you're just like, what the, who the f- <laughs> click on that? What is that? And I'm going to start with one that just made me go, wow. So th- this is the one that spurred it all that when I clicked on, when I saw this, I was just like, hmm, I, d- I don't know where they got that. I don't, I don't know why they're showing me this. The first one was uh, from the subscription page of What's Up. What's Up? I don't know what that is. Neither do I. Uh, pretty much all of these I don't know. There's like one that I okay. actually know. Uh, but What's Up, the picture was a page of... Uh, the picture was uh, of Vladimir Putin. We, uh, we, mm. know, we know Vlad. And the caption oh, yeah. is, Are Putin's abs even real? Question mark. Word. We're we're talking about a man who's brought the world to the brink of global war, who has invaded a sovereign free nation, a man who has poisoned almost every protester ever in his home country, and what's up, Snapchat page is like, yeah, you know, but what about his abs? Or is he rocking a real six pack? I want to know. Like, hmm. I, I don't know. Who cares? Like, is, is it just me? But that doesn't seem too important, Mike. I don't know. No. Just, not too. So, uh, Doc G, were they real? Or I didn't click on any of these. Real. I refused to do oh. it. I refused to oh. do it. I was like, you're not Come getting on. me. You are not getting me, bait clicker. <laughs> no. Um, the next one was from old... No, I have to look it up. You're going to look it up. You're going to look it up. <laughs> <laughs> All the listeners are like, I gotta know. Mm-hmm. Abs. Are they real? Um, next one's from the old Nick Simmons page. You know Nick Simmons, Mike? Nah. He's a he's a reti- surprise you. He's a retired <laughs> track and field athlete. Uh, he was big in like the late two thousands, mid two thousand tens around there. Uh, okay. th- the caption of his subscription page said. I ate only spinach for three days. Here's what happened. Mm. Mike, I'm going to guess. A lot of green mm-hmm. <laughs> So That's probably, yeah, much. probably what happened. I mean, besides that, I don't think much. You know? I don't think much mm-hmm. can happen in three days yeah. besides that. Uh, but... I didn't click on that one either. I don't know what else happened. So, um, next one is from the subscription page of Phenoms. Phenoms, and the picture was a pair of ladies' legs from the knee down. So knee down to the feet, just her legs from the backside, and uh, I would say to me, it looked like she had uh, footballs implanted in place of her calf muscles, essentially. Mm. Just these massive old calves. Gross. And the gross, caption, gross, gross. The, cra- and the caption said, pancake calves. Word. Mm. Pancake calves. Is that a term, Mike? Like, I, I didn't know that was a term. I didn't know people used the term 
pancake calves. Like, <laughs> are, are you ever talking to somebody? Like, oh, yeah. She's got pancake Oh, I know what you're talking about. Yes. Like, no. And are there any women out there besides the one they photographed that are on a quest to obtain pancake calves? Like, I mean, kudos if you are. I'm just saying. I don't think so. It's not a good idea. I didn't click on it, Doc Mike. G, isn't, isn't there another type of calf uh, description that um, people go with, you know, when they're trying to describe somebody's nice calves? Gams? Calves of steel. <laughs> I mean, that's I just know. the whole, calves that's the whole leg of gams. Steel. I don't know. I don't um, know. Sorry, Doc G. Eh. Not going to throw this off. Uh, no, no, <laughs> I don't no. Throw this off. It's never been on. It's fine. Um, <laughs> that's a fact. The next one. Uh, such a good one. It's from Unbox Therapy subscription page. Uh, the picture is what looks to be like this giant orange triangle in a like plastic wrap. And the caption mm. is, the largest Dorito in the world. Mm. Word. Call, call, call me crazy, Mike. I've never been focused on the size of the Dorito. Nope. Like... This is one of those places where I will say size doesn't matter. Like, it, <laughs> it doesn't... I'm usually more focused on the taste, you know? Uh, if they can get in my mouth, I'm cool with those Doritos, you know? Mm -hmm. I, I don't know. It's just me. I've never been like, finally! Oh, my God, a poster-sized Dorito. Yes! Like, seems like that could be messy, too, you know? Like, oh, yeah. It'd be a lot of dust. Crun yeah, crunching everywhere, <laughs> going, no, no, thank you. No, thank yeah, you. Yeah, it'd be, a, be annoying. Uh, Mike, uh, I, got, I, think this, I think this may be the last one I have here. Uh, the next one would be from No Filters subscription page. No Filters. And it's got just this, this picture of a smiling goober. It's just like this, this dude just, just smiling. <laughs> and the caption says... Adult film director's message to young people. Hmm. I when I saw this one, I was like, "What could this dude say <laughs> that would actually be necessary?" Like, hmm. I feel like this is a little like a post that has like a picture of an arson with the caption "Firestarter." has message for young children with matches. Huh? Like, <laughs> you know, like, we've got it. Either way you're going with this message, we've got it. You don't need to tell us. Like, mm -hmm. it's it's not important. It's just like, I don't I don't think anybody needs to know what the adult film director has to say. Like, yeah, I don't think you should be telling people on Snapchat. Nah, Any tips? Nah, no tips. Just Not even just the tip. Yeah. Just <laughs> don't even... Avoid. No tips. Avoid. Avoid it. Uh, of any kind. Mike, now that we've got it, now that we've got all the messages, all the important mm -hmm. hot goss, are you ready to fire up the show that is worse than all of these subscription pages? <laughs> <laughs> let's, let's fire it up, Doc G. Five. All three engines up and burning. Two, one, zero, and liftoff. Woo! Okay, Mike, I am excited. We have got a fantastic duo on the show. I've been talking about them for a little bit. We've got none other than Jess and Jade, better known, Hotel Fiction. Hotel Fiction. 
They're going to be in Gainesville in April. They're going to be in Jacksonville in May. Say what? They're doing their thing. They're touring the world. Just getting it done, man. Energy. Good for them. They got vibes. They got energy. Mm-hmm. You know? Yeah. More so than any of those subscription pages. Just energy. So true. Just mm-hmm. I, I want to get out there and be a part of it. I mean, I'm sure if I was, they're like, who's this homeless <laughs> old man that has joined our posse? And I'm like, hey, guys. Ew. Let's get things hey done here. <laughs> I'm like, does he play any it's instruments? <laughs> no. No, he doesn't. Um, anyways. Mike, we're going to talk to him a little bit later. We need to start where we start. Birthday suit. Happy birthday, Mr. President. That is true. Mike, this is a, this is a big one. Uh, this first one, uh, I celebrate this man a lot. Uh, okay. in, in fact, as I will mention at the end of it, uh, we had a segment just about this man at the start of this show. Back six years ago when we started this show. So true. We just had a segment just about this guy. We might. Okay. We might fire it back up. I don't know. We'll see. Okay. We'll see. Uh, born on April 6, 1969 in Passaic, New Jersey. His family moved to the Kansas City area when he was 10 years old. After high school, he went to the University of Kansas where he majored in theater. He then studied at the Academy of Dramatic Arts. His debut acting role was in 1992 in the show Sisters. In 1995, he landed a huge role in the movie Clueless, playing Cher's ex-stepbrother Josh. In 2002, he had a reoccurring role on Friends as Mike Hannigan, Phoebe's boyfriend and then husband. In 2004, he was uh, cast as Brian Fantana in Anchorman. 60% of the time, it works all the time. He then played in Wonderlust with Jennifer Aniston, 2012, and uh, This Is 40. He was cast as Ant-Man in 2013, which he starred in multiple movies as Ant-Man. In 2021, he was named Sexiest Man Alive by People magazine name that birthday suit wearer paul rudd paul rudd is correct yeah love me some rudd love yeah. me some rudd he's a good looking guy it's nice mm. just such a nice guy though that's a fact. like you you never really see him being a you know that's always no. nice i mean mm. that would probably ruin my day if there was some kind of like pavarazzi a video of him just like punching a valet in the face and I'd be like, no, <laughs> come on, Paul Rudd, not Paul Rudd. <laughs> like, you know, it'd be sort of the same thing as like Tom Hanks doing it. And you'd be like, oh, yeah, Tom, on, Hanks. Tom Hanks. Why you would know. you slap somebody? I feel like Paul Rudd. <laughs> I mean, maybe he doesn't have the same level movies as Tom Hanks. But I feel like he can take the place of Tom Hanks as far as just the the nicest dude in Hollywood, you know? Yeah, for feel, sure. For feel sure. like he can, can fill that, that role, you know? If, mm-hmm. if, for instance, if you remember way back at the start of the pandemic when uh, Tom Hanks first got COVID and everybody was like, oh, no, not Tom. <laughs> like if that would yeah. have taken a turn for the worse. Paul could have stepped in. Mm-hmm. Luckily, it didn't, folks. Nope. Luckily, it yeah, didn't. Thankfully, nope. it didn't. Yeah. But if it did, Paul would be ready to. Hmm. I'm. I'm the nicest Cast away guy. Castaway too. 
I am not, yeah, exactly. Exactly. <laughs> and he could have like Will Ferrell play the uh, Wilson character mm-hmm. even though yeah. even though there's not a voice with it. It's fine. <laughs> uh, just be Will Ferrell's head that he's walking around with on the beach. Like really crappy CGI over yeah. the ball. It's <laughs> just his eyes whoop, and mouth. There we go. <laughs> just looks like some kind of stupid meme or chat a Snapchat <laughs> yeah, filter. Yeah, yeah. Um <laughs> Let's see, Paul Rudd turning, uh, what, what is he turning there? Uh, 53. Sweet. 53 for Paul Rudd. 53. Not, not looking good for 53. Yeah, Big he looks amazing. World's sexiest man at 52. That's not bad. I've got uh, I've got uh, over a decade and a half to be called the world's most sexiest man, Mike. That's good mm-hmm. news for me. That's, yeah, uh, so true. Gotta, uh, I got a feeling I'm just going to go downhill from here, though. So that's not... That's a fact. <laughs> yeah, same. It's not... I feel that way, too. I don't think I'm going to get better looking uh, in these next uh, several years, but who knows? Well, you know, if you get a few million dollars, mm. might do... That's uh, true. Might, it does help. That does... Might vibrate. Might, in, Wait, might give you some vibrance, vibrance. or something. Youth. Youth of <laughs> money. Vibrate. Youth of money. Uh... <laughs> But it didn't really work out for Jeff Bezos. He still looks pretty old. I mean, he looks Are in you shape. Joking? He looks amazing. Yeah, no, he, 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 he looks in shape. His face, he still looks like, uh, you know, Mr. Clean. So, uh, mm-hmm. yeah, it's, yeah. I mean, I guess Mr. Clean's not a bad look. It's always mm-hmm. one of those things I go back to, though. It's like, that's, that's the crappy thing. You can have $300 billion and still not have a cure for baldness. Like that. Mm-mm. Nope. Sucks. Sucks. Nah. Anyways, I got. Well, I, I mean, Elon Musk though. Elon Musk. He got the. Uh, he was. He got the plants. He got oh, the transplants, he, he I got think. transplant. Uh, I, I think. I think, so. I I think maybe Bezos got so far behind that he was like, now if I get it, it's just <laughs> yeah, going to yeah, be yeah. crazy. <laughs> like if I get it yeah. now, it's going to be pretty obvious. You know, too much. Which yeah. I feel like you know, who cares? Go for it. You know, you've got three hundred mm-hmm. billion dollars. People are already making fun of. you. Rocket, just go for it. Why not? <laughs> um, anyways, all right. Uh, I, we got derailed. Happy birthday to Paul Rudd. He is fantastic, Mike. We had the Paul Rudd news segment back in the day, and I realized I didn't have like a spy uh, in a bush outside of Paul Rudd's house. Nope. So it was very hard to do the Paul Rudd news every week. Like I could not <laughs> find something different on him every week. It was very yeah. difficult, and I was like, maybe. Maybe I should pay like somebody to just go out there and set. Like Paul Rudd went to Starbucks today. All right, nice, sweet. Got it. Okay, but maybe we'll bring it back. I don't know. I yeah. tried. To, I tried to get Paul Rudd on the show. By the way, fun fact. And uh, <laughs> how'd you he, do that? How'd you uh, how'd you attempt to get a hold of him? Got his agent. Got his agent, and uh, mm. they turned me down pretty quick. So true. Um, you know, and <laughs> That's I'm, good. I mean, you know, it was, uh, you know what? I'm following up with it because I don't have yeah, it right so now. So they got the email, though. So they got the email is what I'm hearing. Oh, they definitely got the email. And like, uh, like Tom Brady, they responded. So, uh, listeners, I'm gonna, re- I'm gonna. There's read, a chance. I'm gonna read Paul <laughs> Rudd's turndown email uh, next week on the show. I got it. I got it down there. So, uh, cool, cool, cool. Get, it'll be ten percent as good as if Paul Rudd actually came on the show. Um, <laughs> uh, well, let's move that down. That's actually pretty high. Two percent as good as if Paul Rudd was actually. Yeah. One percent as good as <laughs> yeah. Paul Rudd on the show. Anyways, for sure. 
Happy birthday, Paul Rudd. Mike, are you ready to rip some headlines? Yeah, what's going on? What is happening? It's now time for Rip from the Headlines. Mike, we're going to start in Florida. And we're going to start in the best county. Well, second best county. We all know Polk County best. (laughs) Pasco County, second best. I mean, Mm -hmm. the P counties, they're just good. Um, Oh, yeah. So Pasco County, this last uh, past weekend, Gregory Sorensen was pulled over for some sporadic driving. Uh, Now, Gregory is, you guessed it, a driving instructor. So (laughs) remember, this is Pasco County. So, Mike, what do you think he was arrested for? Hmm. Driving under the uh, meth. <laughs> <laughs> he was arrested for dumb. D-U-M. He was just driving D-U-M. under meth. Dumb. So true. Uh, n- well, you, of course, you were right. You were right. He was, a, he was arrested for DUI, driving under the influence. Now, uh, Greg failed multiple field sobriety test they ran his blood alcohol level it was three times the legal limit mm. i mean we've heard way higher on the show but oh yeah three Ricky numbers three times <laughs> on top of all that they found a half empty 24 pack of natty light in the back of his car word half empty come on <laughs> don't Finish be a quitter don't be a quitter uh we're not condoning DUI. We are not doing it, everybody. Nope. Uh, finish it at your house. Um, <laughs> but, like, uh, honestly, though, I hope it wasn't in that order that they, they, they got all those things. Like, they walked by the half-empty Natty Light, and they're like, you think we should do a field sobriety test? And then mm-hmm. they did that, and they're like, you think we should take his blood? Like, I think you could just jump to the... Jump to the DUI right away. Like mm-hmm. we, we got this. Yeah, we got this. <laughs> um, I'm gonna I'm gonna go out on a limb, Mike. I think Greg may need to find another line of work. Hmm. I yeah. I, mm-hmm. I, I it's gonna be hard sell to some parents of a 16 year old. Like I've only <laughs> been arrested for one DUI. I can tell you yeah. how to swerve under the worst cases. You know, like it's mm-hmm. it's gonna be tough. Gonna, but, yeah, but it is Pasco County, so you may find some parents yeah. out there looking to save a buck. You know, I don't know. Mm-hmm. Uh, Mike, next story: staying in Florida, staying in Florida, Fort Lauderdale this time. Uh, so Broward County. Uh, that's a little study in counties, listeners. Broward. Mm. Uh, the FBI <laughs> tracked down a robber who had robbed the Chase Bank. At 1807 Cordova Road in Fort Lauderdale. Now, seeing as it's the FBI, Mike, you're probably asking yourself how they identified the subject. Was it some kind of, like, what were they doing? 3D body recognition? GPS tracking following the robbery? Extensive background checks of people who have access to the Chase Bank after hours? Hmm. Well, it is Florida, so he probably left his ID on the counter or uh, (laughs) Close, Mike. Very close. They used the security camera. Hmm. Yeah, okay. Because this dude walked in, no disguise, no mask, nothing. 
He walked wow. up like he was making a deposit and just was like, give me some money. Mm -hmm. And when wow. I say they got a clean shot of this dude's face, it looks better than 95% of people's IDs out there. Like, it's just <laughs> perfect shot of yeah. his face. And it really made me wonder, Mike, like, how did he think he was going to get away with this? You know? Like, you haven't been able to get away with a robbery like that since, like, 1600. Like... <laughs> Which led me to think, maybe this guy <laughs> didn't, like, maybe he didn't think he was truly robbing a bank. Like, he had found a loophole. Hmm. Because in the story, oh. it says, according to the FBI spokesman, Jim Marshall, which is a good last name for an FBI agent, Marshall. I think that's a fake name. Yeah. Uh, the man who was wearing a black Nike shirt and a cross necklace entered the bank and demanded cash from an employee. That's all it says. So, like, okay. it, it doesn't mention that he threatened the employee or he had a weapon. And I think this dude thought he found a loophole. He's like, if I just go just in... Just by and, asking. Yeah. He's <laughs> like, if I just go in and say I need money and they give me money, that's not robbery. I'm not robbing. Yeah. Anybody. The police will come up to me and try to arrest me, and I'll be like, whoa, 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 whoa. I never said it was a robbery. And the cops will be like... Check the cameras. The cops will be like... Totally right. He didn't say the magic words. All right, we gotta let. He didn't him, say the magic words. Gotta <laughs> let him keep the money. That's that's just him. Nah. Uh, yeah. Anyways, Mike, uh, another story here. This sounds like that's Florida. Hilarious. It's not Florida. Uh, this is Providence, Rhode Island. You know, old, uh, old down Providence way here. Um, Krista Brown. Krista Brown was. Uh, she was taking a nap Monday afternoon. Krista works night shifts before you think she's lazy, okay, folks? That's why she was taking a nap. <laughs> so if you were judging her, judge yourself for being a judgy McJudgerson. <laughs> All right? Uh, she was catching up on her Zs, and she uh, she felt somebody getting into the bed, and uh, she thought it was her boyfriend, and she turned around to not see her boyfriend, uh, but a naked Jason Kendrick. Wait, what? Apparently the dude that lives next door. Just getting in the bed, completely naked. Uh, wow. Yeah. Yeah. Krista, not surprisingly, pretty freaked out. Uh, screamed, mm -hmm. jumped up, ran out of the house. And uh, after Jason scared the living bejesus out of Krista, he apparently walked up the steps to the upstairs neighbors, who's actually Krista's brother. And Krista's brother said, uh, I kind of heard a couple of big thuds. So I went to my door and answered it, and there was a naked man standing in front of my door, and he seemed lost. He seemed scared. That's what Justin Brown said, Krista's uh, <laughs> brother. And uh, wow. obviously the police were called. He was arrested. Uh, Krista said about the incident, that doesn't go away. It's something I now have to be fearful for. She said, it has her second guessing yeah. leaving the house. I don't want it to affect my kids going outside and playing, but yeah, it does. So, Mike, first yeah. off, I let me say, I'm going to go on the record and say, I definitely don't want a naked dude breaking into my house and hopping in bed That's with me. Uh, I'm going to say no that. No way. 1,000%. So, Krista, I feel you. That sucks. That sucks. But... Mm -hmm. 
I do want to tweak a couple of Krista's responses. Totally validated in her responses. I, I don't I don't think she meant to say what she actually said. Cause like the first thing that she said, right? I now have to be fearful of. I feel like it should just say, I'm now fearful of. Hmm. Like she sort of made it sound like it's a task. She has to check off a grocery list or something. Like, mm. now I gotta be fearful. Yeah. Yeah. You know, I'm yeah. just saying. I mean, you know, you are fearful. I would be fearful. Yeah. It makes sense. Yeah. Uh, second, she said it It has her second guessing leaving her house. Hmm. Wouldn't it make you want to leave the house more? Like, mm -hmm. nobody ran up trying to cuddle you naked at Starbucks. Nope. It was in your house that people were trying to naked cuddle you with, right? I mean, if I'm Krista, this makes me want to move and get a house with, like, seven security alarms and not stay in my house. Just... Yeah. Just saying. Just yeah. Feel like this guy wasn't all the way there during this time, Mike. I don't... Uh, something no. was up there. Maybe he was sleepwalking. That's, like, one of those really intense sleepwalking things. Sounds like something he could try to, to sell... In the in, mm. in the courtroom, totally sleepwalking, your honor. <laughs> it's a bad deal, you know. It's, uh, yeah, yeah. Watch out if you're in Providence. You're gonna lock your doors. Uh, <laughs> lock your doors. Uh, That's pretty creepy, Mike. Uh, along those same lines, there are some people out there looking to scam you. You know, on on the mm -hmm. daily, on the daily. Nigerian princes. You know, uh, they they leave messages in your mailbox, on your phone, on your mm -hmm. email. You know, some people might come up to you and try to scam you right to your face. Ooh. And that's what happened in this next story, Mike. Scam face to face. Face so, to face. Face to face. Uh, and this is a lesson Old on school. for all of us, all the listeners on how not to get scammed out of $36,000 on the street. That's a fact. Wow. Pretty good amount. Pretty good amount. So Lulu Cole, she's uh, she's in the banking industry in, uh, in, in Chicago. And she was leaving the bank, uh, Bank of America on 83rd Street in Chicago when a man uh, called her over to his car. She said in the story, I was initially very hesitant you know, to engage with him in conversation. That makes sense. I probably would have just ignored him. Um, but she didn't. She went over there. He started apparently small talk in where he asked her about her car and if she liked it. He said he was thinking about getting one for his mother. Hmm. Mm -hmm. Mm -hmm. He then claimed his name was Jeffrey Washington and he was with Sita. The Community and Economic Development Association. He then said he and Chance the Rapper Word. were working together in a program to pay off mortgages and other financial obligations for residents in the area. He was like, we have this opportunity to use money before the end of the day, but if we don't spend this money... We lose out on the opportunity to help more people in the coming year. He then said, they'll reduce the amount of funds that we'll get, and that reduces the amount of people we can help. 
And Lulu was like, sounds dope. And he was like, I can totally get rid of your mortgage. And she was like, sounds dope. And this guy got on the phone and seemingly made a bunch of calls to her mortgage uh, provider, which was Wells Fargo. And he had it on speakerphone and he was like, okay. All right, and I got it cleared, and I'm going to put in the payment, and the person from Wells Fargo was like, yep, congratulations, you have no more mortgage payments. You're free and clear. And Lulu was like, oh, that's awesome, right? And uh, after he calls up Wells Fargo and pays for the mortgage, he asks Lulu then, he's like, well, how are you going to help the charity uh, now that we cleared your mortgage and, uh, and uh, we'd like some cash. And she was like, of course, I'll give you like $20,000 in cash. <laughs> so she went to the bank and gave this man 20 some thousand dollars in cash. Now, hmm. not too surprisingly, Mike, uh, this fella didn't really pay off her mortgage. Nope. Um, essentially, the payment bounced after four days. So he made it look like he was paying it, and then, of course, it didn't clear, uh, and uh, she was still having her mortgage payment and out $20,000 that she gave him. So, uh, Mike, Oof. now that we've been through the story of Lulu and how she's out this money, uh, let me tell you, the Community and Economic Development Association and Chance the Rapper don't have folks walking around talking to random people on the street. No. That doesn't happen. Like, if you're thinking this, just just uh, do a little logic operation in your head, listeners. Do you think this dude, this fake dude that she was talking to here, this Jeffrey Washington character, and Chance the Rapper were sitting around and they were like, how do, how do we get the word out about this charity? And Chance the Rapper was like, hey, you know what? I've got 15 million followers on Instagram. Maybe I should put a post out there. And this dude, Jeffrey Washington, was like, wait, wait, wait. How about this? How about this? I randomly walk up to people in the Bank of America parking lot. And, and Chance the Rapper was like, it, that's brilliant. Let's go, with, <laughs> let's go with that instead. I think that will be more successful. Do you think that happened? Nope. No. Mm -mm. No. Second, I don't know what kind of, like, a miracle charity group she thought she was working with, but charity groups don't have the ability to pay for mortgages that are worth hundreds of thousands of dollars and then get way less cash in response and be like, well, that works out. Like, there's, that doesn't, there's no way that can happen. Like, what do you think? And anybody that instantly asks for cash, unless they're a stripper or a diner, it's not a good sign. Like, mm. those are basically yeah. the only businesses that are looking for cash. Like, not a good... You, uh, lights, yeah. sh lights should have gone off here. Lights, mini lights. Yeah. Mini lights, Mike. I don't know. Mini lights. Anyways... Speaking of lights, Mike, we've got a light that we need to go to break. There's not actually a light, but, you know, we'll say <laughs> Wait, there is. what? We're going to take a break. We're going to hear from our guests. This is none other than Hotel Fiction. This is their fantastic hit single, Astronaut Kids, right here on the Doc G Show.
And we are back here on the Doc G Show. Spinnaker Radio, WSKRLP 95.5 FM in Jacksonville, Florida. Listeners, if you haven't done so, subscribe to the podcast. Yes. Do it. And if you haven't done so, check out the website. Mm-hmm. You know what? You can do both. I I need to find out, Mike, how to put like a subscribe button yeah. on the, the web page. Yeah, right at the top. Like, you know, like I'm sure it's easy. why isn't that a thing? I'm sure. Uh, it's apparently, easy. it's not. I looked. I looked into it for at least hmm. forty five seconds the right. other day. <laughs> at least, maybe a minute and a half, and I couldn't find anything. A minute and a half. So, yeah. Then there's no answers. <laughs> That's pretty impossible, you know? But uh, anyways, listeners, you need to check it out. I've got a big banner up there right now for for this show that says, Don't Miss Hotel Fiction, right at the top. Because they're on this show. Mm-hmm. So, you know, you don't want to miss them. I'm just saying, you know? And uh, it's got plenty of other things, of course. Uh, you got a great bio about Mike. You got a great bio about everybody else, pretty much, that's been on the show. You know, just great videos. Uh, and subscribe. Just subscribe. Just do it. Mm-hmm. You know, one subscription will make my day. You know, and this, unlike helping uh, the poor, the sick, the injured, this costs nothing. Yeah. This is not a quarter a day. This nope. is not a nickel a day. This is free a day. Mm-hmm. All right. And because we're not that popular, we have zero commercials during this podcast. No commercials. Okay. That's a fact. Zero. Zero. Now, could I put commercials in it? Yes, I do. But I don't do that for you guys. Wait, you could put commercials? I could do it. We could make so much more money, though. Hmm. They'd probably only pay me like 50 cents. I haven't really <laughs> looked into them. But let's be honest. Anyway, Let's sell out, Doc I'm G. Just I'm saying, ready. listeners. Let's sell out. Anybody that's willing, we'll do the dumbest commercials out there. Uh, anyways, guys, get it while it's hot. The Doc G Show. Go mm-hmm. ahead. Subscribe. Subscribe. Um, Mike, we need to thank those people that have already gotten it while it's hot, huh? while it's cold, Ew. and all in between. Yeah. The regulars. Here we go. Shout out. Shout out to Jacksonville, Florida, Columbia, South Carolina, Radford, Virginia, Gainesville, Florida, Ashburn, Virginia, Dublin, Ireland, San Diego, California, Barcelona, Spain, Boardman, Oregon, Genoa, Italy, Anoka, Minnesota, Piracai, Brazil, Tulsa, Oklahoma, Sao Paulo, Brazil, Richardson, Texas, Frankfurt, Germany, Peoria, Illinois, Moscow, Russia, Katy, Texas, Winfield, West Virginia, Portland, Oregon, and Tom's River, New Jersey. Mm -hmm. There we go. Just some regulars. Just some regulars living life, Mike. Mm -hmm. Just live in life, listen to the Doc G Show, mm-hmm. and I think every single one of them. Yeah. Every single one of them. Fantastic. Uh, Mike, semi-regulars, here we go. No Biloxi this week. Oh. I was hoping they would keep keep it going. But instead, we've got shout-out to Gulfport, Mississippi. Oh. Shout-out. Beaumont, Texas. Los Angeles, California. Crystal Bay, Nevada. Oxford, Mississippi. Euclair, Wisconsin, uh, Tampa, Florida, Seattle, Washington, Charlotte, North Carolina, Osan, Korea, Charlottesville, Virginia, New York, New York, Cardiff, United Kingdom, and Houston, Texas. Shout out. There we go. Beautiful. Ever been to Crystal, Nevada? No. Uh, No idea. No idea where that is. It's on Lake Tahoe. Oh. Lake Tahoe. It's on on that west side of Nevada there. Mm. Took a look. It's pretty nice looking. 
Lake Tahoe you know? looks nice. The whole place. It looks. <laughs> like, I mean, uh, I took a look at the weather. It was a little cold this week. Oh, okay. I wasn't a fan of that. Nope. No. But uh, aside from that, you know, it looked it looked pretty nice. It looked pretty nice. Uh, Mike, uh, real quick, got uh, two stories. Want to give you here. Uh, first, another scam story, real quick. Mm. This was uh, John Rusaki. John Rusaki is a 43-year-old dude in England. He was looking for love. Uh, he went on to Match.com, so that was his first <laughs> mistake there. Uh, he struck up a conversation with a lady that was apparently named Esther Anderson. Esther. And uh, Esther said she lived in Canada and was a nurse. And after a couple of months of talking back and forth, uh, Esther asked for 400 pounds. You know, the British currency, not pounds of something else. <laughs> uh, and uh, she said it was for food, and she claimed to be desperate, which I got to be honest, what kind of nurse are you that can't pay for food? Mm -mm. Uh, you don't have a good nursing job, if yeah, that's no. the case. But apparently, John did send her the money, and several months later, she said she was going... Sort of like your Nigerian prince, Mike. <laughs> she was going to visit her mother in Ghana before flying to John in the United Kingdom. So just la days later, uh, Esther claimed to have been jailed in Ghana for concealing gold bars in a case. Word. Don't know. Hmm. She asked John to pay the court fees to free her from jail. So then, you know, she said, she said, hey, if you release me from jail and you pay for this for the gold to be released, I'll give you some of that gold back mm. and it will totally pay these court fees. And John was like, dope. <laughs> so John kept paying these, uh, these quote unquote officials and to ensure that the gold would be released. And uh, not too surprisingly, Mike, he said, I was expecting to get money back when the gold was sold. It turns out everything was a scam. Say what? Hmm. <laughs> hmm. In all, Mike, scammers took, get ready for this, 160,000 pounds from John. Ugh. Brutal. Ah, Hundred and sixty thousand pounds, a good chunk of which he borrowed from his dad. Ah, uh, yeah, no bueno. Yeah. Now in this story, Mike, they try to make it clear that John is a very intelligent guy. They uh, they post his IQ, which apparently his IQ is over one thirty five, and they said he has a master's degree in engineering. Mm. Which is a good point, Mike. Yeah. Smart people can be scammed. Yeah. But you know smart. what? You you know you you know what doesn't have an IQ of one thirty five? Hmm. John. Mm hmm. Nah. And I got to be honest. I don't think John was thinking with his brain here. <laughs> don't. I don't. I don't think he was using nah. it. You know. I just. Uh, I feel like that IQ went. Right mm -hmm. out the uh, right out the other side, John. Find yourself some love in England, okay? Do it, man. Just get out there. Yeah. Be one of the people, you know. Go out there, chat with some people. You're not a bad looking dude. I saw a picture of you, John. You're an okay looking dude. 
You got some nice tats. Oh, yeah. They're all right. You got some, some nice glasses. Mm -hmm. You got a mystique to you. Go out there. Find a lady. Yeah. She'll be happy. She won't, she won't rob you of $160,000, hopefully. Hopefully. I can't give you a guarantee. Yeah, most likely won't. I don't know. Most likely won't. Uh, it's, it's, <laughs> like, it's like a 65% chance she won't. Like, mm -hmm. it's over a majority. It would be a Anyways. long run, by the way, if they even did. You know, sometimes it takes, it's a long yeah. steal. It's a long haul. Yeah. So you'd at least have a couple good years before she <laughs> stole all your money. Um Mike, uh, next door, do you know Jack Dorsey? Yeah, Twitter guy. Mm -hmm. Twitter CEO. There you go. Founder. Mike knew somebody, knew everybody. Somebody. Boom. Knew some people. Take it. Take it. That was a he's technology. In he's in crypto, too. So you know. I was about to say, it's a mm -hmm. little bit of uh, uh, your area. A little yeah. bit of your area. Um, he is the uh, creator of Twitter, and he tweeted a couple of days, quote, the days of Usenet, IRC, the web, even email with PGP were amazing. Centralizing discovery and identity into corporations really damaged the internet. I realize I'm partially to blame and regret it. Hmm. That was his tweet. Mm hmm That was his tweet. Um, I feel like, Mike... Just hearing that, and this is my thoughts. Listeners can send it back if they want. I feel like that's sort of like the inventor of fentanyl sitting around being like, the days of alcohol and weed were really amazing. <laughs> Synthetic opioids have really damaged the street drug scene. I realize I'm partially to blame for it. I'm a little, mm -hmm. it's a little bit me. I'm sorry about that. Like, yeah, it was your fault, <laughs> like that was you did that but you know what makes you feel better probably your eight billion dollars mm -hmm. i'm gonna yeah. guess anywho uh mike we got to bring back a uh, part of the uh the show that we haven't done in a couple of weeks and uh i don't want to don't want to forget about it it's the quote of the week oh yeah it's the quote awesome. of the week we just let that sort it. of float out there we need to bring it back we need to yeah. reel it back in uh, it's been a couple of weeks off. We're back with the quote of the week. Uh, this week, Mike, I went with the topic I think a lot of people like. Sleeping. Yes. Quotes on sleeping. I love sleeping. So I've got I've got three. I, I think I already know who's going to win, but I, I like all three. Okay. I like all three. There's a, there's a sentimental winner in here, and I think they're going to win, but we're going to see. First one, George Foreman. Quote, I think sleeping was my problem in school. If school started at four in the afternoon, I'd be a college graduate today. So true. I like it. I like it. George <laughs> Foreman. Maybe it's because I just see George Foreman smiling the whole time because he's just such a happy-go-lucky dude. But I really like it. I also thought about that one, and I was like, you're telling me you didn't wake up early for training anytime? Like, what time <laughs> yeah. did that dude train for boxing? Like, was his boxing starting at four? Like, woo! Right, <laughs> God. Woke up at the crack of noon for this training. Here we go. Like, a weird. Yeah. Anyways, second quote. Anthony Burgess. You know Anthony? Uh, no. Not off the top of my head. He was... He was the writer of Clockwork Orange. Oh, Clockwork okay. Orange, that, that weird movie. Uh, quote, laugh and the world laughs with you. Snore 
and you sleep alone. Mm, yeah, yeah. I like that one. Mm. It's very true. Now, I, I have you have you have you known any snores in your day that you've had to sleep with, Mike? No, my girlfriends have all been very quiet sleepers. No. Yeah. Oh, that's very nice. Yeah. My uh, one of my good friends that we've went on a, many a road trips with, Chad. Shout out to Chad. Shout that out. bro snores like there is no tomorrow. Not good. Like you can you could be in another room and Ooh. he will wake you up with his snoring. It is bad. Ah. It is very bad. Doc G, what do you think? Does he need a CPAP machine or something? Is that maybe I'm not yeah, gonna something. go into the science of it but it's not good yeah it's, it's just not good for for social interaction yeah Chad knows it he doesn't care nope anyways <laughs> um Mike the last quote is from the incredible always amazing forever fantastic Betty white RIP RIP mm -hmm. one of my favorite quotes of all time Mike get at least eight hours of beauty sleep nine if you're ugly. <laughs> end quote end quote mike who are we taking for the sleep quote of the week well i'm gonna agree with you on uh i think betty white betty white has a point yeah so true fantastic fantastic i love it yeah she always just throws in those little barbs mm -hmm. you know just a little bit because she but she's a cute old lady you're just like yes yeah get it betty mm -hmm. get it I need nine. And I'm, <laughs> I mean, you know, and she was out there drinking, drinking vodka and eating hot dogs up until the day she died, man. Mm. Fantastic. <laughs> Betty White, man. RIP. Get at least eight hours of beauty sleep. Nine if you are ugly. Fantastic. Uh, Mike, we are going to take a break. We are going to be back with the one, the only, Jess and Jade. I guess it'd be the two and the only. One and the only one. And huh? Anyway, <laughs> Jess and Jade from Hotel Fiction right here on the Doc G Show. What's up? This Rock Montana. This Mucho Yellow. And this Rockin' Yellow. And you're listening to Doc G Show from 803 to 904. The best show on the radio. You dig? This is 95.5 Spinnaker Radio. WSKRLPFM, UNF Jacksonville. Welcome back to the show, everybody. Today, we are super excited to have a fantastic duo that will be in Gainesville on April 16th at the High Dive and then in Jacksonville on May 7th at Jackrabbits. The sensational duo, Jade Long, Jessica Thompson, better known as Hotel Fiction. Ladies, how's it going? Hello, hello. <laughs> it's going great. Good. Good. You guys have been busy this year. Yes! You guys, you have been doing some shows already. I mean, oh yeah, it's running down. <laughs> it's running down the states: Tennessee, Alabama, New Hampshire, Massachusetts, Virginia, South Carolina, North Carolina. You got some coming in Colorado. Um, I gotta ask: Did anything top the show at the Georgia Theater? Oof, not <laughs> not yet. <laughs> that was an incredible show. You can't really beat like a hometown show. That was that was sort of the pinnacle so far, right? 
Totally. Now, if, if we if we jumped in the Wayback Machine, hmm. we got in the Wayback Machine, we went to 2018 when you guys just met each other, and I tell you, guys, in less than four years, you'll be selling out the Georgia Theater. What, what would you say? That was like our dream, I think, when we first met, right? To, to play the Georgia Theater one day. And so I think we would have probably like thought, wow, that's insane. <laughs> I mean, you yeah, guys like, did it fast, right? Mm-hmm. I saw some of my favorite bands in college at the theater, like nationally known bands. And I just remember every time I'd go see a show and I worked there for a little, I'd just look at the stage and want to be there one day. Yeah. Um, and our first show ever, like I wrote Jade a letter and I was like, next stop, the Georgia Theater one day, which <laughs> you, you but, yeah. Thought it into existence. You thought it into existence. I like it. Well, you also made it happen. Uh, that also happened. Um, now I saw. I saw before the Georgia Theater show, the 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 outfits, the makeup. You had you had a look going, and I was I was feeling like Stevie Nicks vibes and Nancy Wilson vibes. Um, yeah. I, I feel like you got to get a little swagger going in a moment like that. You know, you got to have that that swagger to you. Do you try to channel anybody else's swagger? Like, you think of other performers, like, how would they be in this position? Like, do you get your Mick Jagger on? Do you feel like something <laughs> like that before you go on the stage? Oh, yeah. Well, it was, like, a really cool show because we just had so much time to plan it because it got canceled due to COVID. Mm. And we were able to have a lot of like creative liberties with the set and stuff and have time to plan our outfits. Um, and I don't know, we kind of just like ended up on like seventies rock star mm -hmm. vibes. Kind of like, I don't really think there was a specific person we were going for, but we'd just been watching Euphoria and we're kind of inspired by that So Makes sense. Um, you had the star child look, you know? You, you had the makeup on the side of the eyes. I, yeah. Uh, I was feeling almost, almost like almost like Kiss to a degree. I mean, obviously not the full makeup, but just there was there was a little hint. Definitely David Bowie. Nice. Yeah. David Bowie is like, even with performance, kind of what I think we are inspired, one of the people we're inspired by. Um, Especially. I have seen you rock a, a David Bowie shirt a lot before. <laughs> you don't know. You know, I get that a lot. It's it's what it's what I do being a professor. I have to do research. It's <laughs> it's it's required by law. I have to go through. I have to go back. So true. Speaking of, you guys, you guys met uh, while at the University of Georgia, and so Jade, you were a graphic design major. Jess, you were a psychology major, so no, yes. no music business or music majors going down. I mean, obviously, you guys had music in your life. Uh, did you, did you ever was was that ever in the picture? An option for you going to school? Like, I'm going to be a music major, and then you went another way, or was it just always, nah, that's too crazy. I can't, I can't do that. Well, we actually did end up getting our um, music business certificates at. UGA, but they don't have the major as an option. Right. But I kind of remember like growing up and just like the way my, not my parents, I mean, they love music, but the way I guess people talked, I didn't think that music was something that you could really pursue realistically. So 
I had always wanted to, but I was definitely like, let me major in something in college that is more realistic. Mm-hmm. Um, but definitely meeting Jade and like getting in with the Athens music scene really showed me that like it was not only possible, but happening all around us. Mm-hmm. And um, that creating music and recording music and playing music live was all over Athens and a big possibility. So that was pretty awesome. And at, like around that time was when I added on the music business certificate as well. Nice. Nice. Yeah, I think I added on music business when I met Jess and I like heard about the program through her. Um, but going to college, I knew I wanted to pursue art and music and didn't really know like how to do both. I remember wanting to do like music composition as a double major mm-hmm. and just like realizing it was going to be all like reading music and like classically trained and that I don't know how to read music and I don't know how to do that side of music. And I, so I kind of, and they told me that it wasn't really possible to do those two majors at once because it was just very time consuming. Yeah. Yeah. So I kind of, yeah, until I met Jess kind of had wanted to be part of a music scene, but didn't really know what that meant or where it was in Athens. But Athens is such like a big music school in town that I feel like we both came here to hopefully be in a band or something like that. It it definitely <laughs> it definitely is. We have had uh, Georgia music alums that were not majors, that were majors, that were certificate achievers. Uh, shout out to Sam Birchfield, who is a certificate receiver. Shout, shout out. out to Connor Pledger, who's in Mob Rich and uh, alum of the uh, music program there. Shout We've out. definitely had some... Uh, Georgia is a hotbed of activity. We just had uh, Perpetual Groove on, who, uh, you know... Yeah, who was in who was in Athens for, I don't know how many years. That's still, I guess, technically their home base, even though they sort of spread out and they're all over the south now but uh i hear you guys as far as that music as far as that dream starting you had a mutual friend uh now doing my research i'm gonna go out on a limb and guess that friend was mel was that friend mel hmm. oh my gosh it actually was not but, oh, man but that such a good guess. We have like three friends that we ever like really had in college, and that was one of them. So I was thinking it was going to be Mel. <laughs> Shout out to Mel, anyways. Give it. Shout out to Mel. Give me, uh, give me the rundown of that first meeting. How, how did you guys? And I'm guessing. I mean, by the way you talk about it, and by the way that I, I see you guys interact, I'm guessing it was fairly like uh, obvious from the beginning. Like this is. This is working out. This looks good. Yeah. It was like the first time we hung out was um, a band hangout to start a band. Literally the first time I ever met Jessica, it was like the intention was to start a band. Nice. <laughs> and then we like clicked and I feel like I've been best friends ever since making music together as much as we can. Nice. Now, now I've been to a couple of like, jam session slash start a band situations and uh i have always been very like skeptical when i go in i'm like oh this is gonna be a waste of time oh what am i doing here oh no now were you guys i'm guessing you guys were both jazz going into this and then the jazz factor went even higher once you actually started playing totally like 
I can relate on these um, start a band situations because freshman year of college before I met Jade, I think I joined like three or four random bands, like the kind of thing you see on the Facebook notice or on Craigslist or like <laughs> a flyer that's hanging up on the pole or whatever. And like some interesting things happened. Like the cops came to one and were inquiring about a robbery. And like, it was like Jeez. most situations to start a band if you don't know the people at all and they're strangers, you probably won't relate enough to create something deeply with them. And it's like one of the most intimate things next to like being in a romantic relationship, being in a band with someone, um, <laughs> at least for me and Jade. Uh, and like, as soon as we met, it was like an immediate connection. And I remember Jade was like, oh, here's a song I've been working on and played Ghost Train, which mm -hmm. is one of our songs for mm -hmm. the first time and i was like oh my gosh like this girl is such a talented songwriter and like such a talented singer like i'd never heard anyone just like off the streets sing like that and yeah. i was like how oh, like where did you come from and um yeah and like we went to a concert together as well we had like a band bonding concert <laughs> like, what was the band <laughs> we saw Kurt vile in atlanta very nice um, and we did start it with two other friends, but Jade and I were just, con we lived right next to each other in apartments and we realized that and we're just constantly wanting to play together and wanting to write together and just spending a lot of time together after that. Yeah. Now, now Jade, I heard that you uh, were a little less familiar with the band scenarios <laughs> before and, it, and it, it's... Uh, uh you know, it, it sounds like you had never played music really for anybody else, like yeah. in front of people. So how <laughs> was it just Jess's vibe that you were like, yeah, she, I, I can play for mm -hmm. her. Why not? Like, did was was that it? Well, I never really had any, like you know, reservations about playing in front of people. I'd, I'd always played like talent shows growing mm. up and like silly stuff. And like found ways to perform because I always really loved it. But mm. it had always been a very like personal, like solo thing where I'm just like, I just write songs and, you know, I don't really know what to do with them. <laughs> <laughs> and I never even like, I don't know, I just never met anybody that I clicked with musically, I think. And it's like a very, just like deep part of your life to like let someone in on and so i feel like when i met jessica it was just kind of magic i think For that sure. i met somebody that i guess we understood each other so well and and musically too it just felt like just flowed out of us you know it was like our musical personalities went just as well as our actual personalities so it seems i don't know like it, it. <laughs> seems like it now now I can't imagine being like a solo artist. <laughs> it just sounds so much scarier. <laughs> well, now, uh, literally just a couple months after you guys started jamming, uh, Jess, you ran into a friend that had a band cancel looking for a band to play at Caledonia Lounge. And yeah. now, now, were you guys already talking shows at that point? Or did, did they like, did they bring it up to you and you were just like, oh, wait, yes, we could do that. <laughs> I mean, <laughs> like, I don't think we were really talking about playing shows yet. Like, we were thinking of maybe recording songs. We were mainly just writing. 
but I ran, ran into this friend and he's like, this band just canceled. And I was like, we got you, like, we can do it. And he was like, are you sure it's in a few weeks? And you're like, not even in a band. And I was like, well, I've been playing music with this friend. And you know, like I've been playing drums with my brother my whole life, like since we were, since I was like 10 and he was eight. So I know he could just pick up on something like that. And uh, I talked to Jade about it and her friend played the bass or could play the bass. And um, yeah, he- Fill in. You know, like, I guess we've experienced this with our bass players. Like almost every single one of them is just a guitar player that's like, oh, I can play the bass. So <laughs> it's a fantastic guitar player and was like, I can play the bass. And we were like, heck yeah, you can. And uh, we just started practicing from there. And it was definitely out of all of our shows, the one where I was like, this could really crash and burn. And we were definitely the most last minute. And obviously it was our first time playing. So like the fact that everything went so well was kind of a miracle to me, which made it even more fun. <laughs> yeah. yeah, yeah. Now, Jade, uh, I mean, again, sort of the background of doing the fun talent shows and things like that, but now coming into actually doing like a performance and they're coming to see your band at the time was that a different different experience yeah it was so different it was so incredible because i'd never like if i had performed at talent shows i would do a cover of a song or like i was in theater and i would be doing other people's music so it was like for the first time ever like showing songs that we'd written or that i'd written in the past and like getting such a good response from it was just like wow like people actually like this stuff that like we're creating yeah. like it's just it's a very different feeling because it feels more true i guess to yourself yeah it's 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 something you made and they're you know instead of somebody else's song it's definitely uh definitely a uh gotta be a inspiring thing i mean uh at least in the bands that i was in uh no one ever appreciated our music so you know <laughs> so true we had we had no worries people were like play another cover sounds good all right let's <laughs> get another black keys song in here guys but speaking of those songs that you wrote uh obviously one of the most popular songs you guys have astronaut kids just has done phenomenal to this point and i heard a little bit about the sort of origins of the story i heard that jade you heard a girl perform at the georgia theater and yeah. you you were sort of in in the initial lyrics when i grow up and that just yeah. sort of just stuck with you and you started writing from there it amazes me how songs sometimes hit you like a lyric a phrase will hit you and you're just like oh man that is perfect. That is that is it. Like growing up, what what were some can you remember some of the songs that did that before that song, like older songs when you were younger that did that? Yeah, I I had this song that I used to play to all my friends that was just like it was called I didn't even have a name, but the the chorus went like teach me how to fly and I'll soar mm -hmm. and it was just like this kind of like chorus and I'd sing it and all my friends would like sing along nice. it was like a really sweet moment nice. but I don't know I feel like sometimes you'll just you'll sit down and you'll try so hard to write a song and just nothing comes and then sometimes you'll just be walking down the street and it'll like hit you out of nowhere for sure so you just gotta or sometimes I'll just be driving and random words will come to me you just gotta ride the wave when it does. 
Now, now, how many times have you been inspired by other people's music like that that have sort of spurred your own creation? A lot of times. Um, like, it could literally just be a word that is in a different song or, like, one note, and I'm like, I can envision this in a different scenario or a different song. Mm-hmm. Um, but I think I think that happens a lot. Um, like there's this one song that like it's a DJ song, Joe, I don't know, DJ O mm-hmm. <laughs> but it's called like Fatal Projections or something like that. And I was just like listening to that in the car one time. And then I was just like thinking that it would be cool to have a song like about a that mentions a projector. And then I started um singing like um our song that's now man on the moon just kind mm. of like the melody of it um in the first like line of it in the car driving to athens nice it was like i, I can't even remember how the first line goes anymore well now uh obviously you guys i mean that's a thing that's a very big thing to hotel fiction is lyrics i mean you guys seem to be very you know connected to your lyrics who who are some of the lyricists that you look up to the most? Like when you listen to their music or I mean authors or poets that you look up to and just say, "Man, they can they can craft them." I think Joni Mitchell is one of the best lyricists. Like she's got, I don't know, she has so much mystery in her songs in a way where like there's mm-hmm. surface meaning and there's deeper meanings. Yeah. Um and lyrics, lyrics are like I don't know. They can be so specific to someone or they can be like so relatable and they can still hit. I I just, something I love about it is how people listen to a song and it hits one person a completely different way than it hits someone else, but it like holds meaning in everybody's hearts. Hopefully that's the goal. Maybe sometimes it doesn't. Yeah. Yeah. I think Joni Mitchell for sure. What about you, Jade? Um, Man. I feel like David Bowie, I know we just mentioned him, but he, he, also him has, again. <laughs> he has some really cool, um, just like concepts behind his songs lyrically that mm. kind of like metaphorical, but just like still hits. And I don't know. I love, like, I'm a huge fan of the Beatles. We both are too. And their lyrics are definitely more like whimsical mm-hmm. that kind of have that underlying hope and like happiness, I guess, that we try to portray in our music. Yeah. So that is definitely a big inspiration as well. For sure, for sure. Joni Mitchell, I, 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 one of my favorite songs. Now I like the the CCR version more, but Woodstock, obviously, she wrote Woodstock originally, and that song is amazing. The lyrics in Woodstock, I mean, billion old carbon is one of my favorite lyrics, <laughs> and that's, I mean, it's just. It hits. It does hit. Multiple layers on that song. Definitely, also, definitely love it. What was it? Um, like Cat Stevens, too. And like, I don't know, just like all the old 70s kind of folk writers had some really great. Oh, definitely. Oh, and Pink Floyd, too, I'd say. I was just listening to like their song Time, I think it's called. From mm-hmm. Dark I was just like, wish you were here. That EP to me, the whole EP is uh, absolutely amazing. And uh, I'm sure all the listeners are really tired of hearing me talk about the Eagles because I talk about them too much. But Don Henley (laughs) 
is one of the most amazing lyricists ever. Just the way, especially him and uh, Glenn Fry together, the way they crafted things, just, oh, get out of town. Amazing, amazing. Now, with Astronaut Kids, um, the lyrics end up, uh, I know I'm too old to dream and I should uh, try to be something real when I grow up. We talked about this a little bit before. I'm going to go out on a limb and say you were feeling some of that as a graphic design major. So true. <laughs> I was. Yeah, I was kind of like that was before our very first show. And we I was so sad to just like be picturing my life in a cubicle on a computer just doing something that didn't bring me joy. So that song kind of came from that, just all the dreams I kind of had as a kid that people tell you you can't be anymore. Yeah, yeah. Well, along those same lines, you mentioned a little bit earlier, I think, Jess, uh, about like your family. You know, I mean, I, I think a lot of times when people get started it's it's the parents that slap you back down to reality. I feel like it's the parents that are like, uh, uh, you know what's sexier than being a rock star? Financial stability. Okay, <laughs> that's what's great. A reliable job. You know, uh, what did your parents say when you guys were like, we're gonna we're gonna try this rock star thing. We're gonna be musicians. Actually. They're like incredibly supportive. Both of our parents are big music lovers. Um, Jade's dad is a piano teacher and my um, dad plays guitar, Tommy guitar, and your dad taught you guitar too, or taught you piano. Um, and like my mom is obsessed with the Aber brothers and uh, goes to like <laughs> 30 shows a year. She actually just left for Chicago today to see them for wow. three nights. Dad. Um, and I, they, took me to jams when I was a kid. They took my band to shows all over Georgia and uh, they've been very supportive. But I think like I didn't know and they didn't know like the avenues to be a, to become a musician that could actually, you know, make money doing it or actually like record music for less than like thousands of dollars. Or it just seemed like there was a lot of barriers of entry other than like playing blues shows around town yeah. um and like i feel like at first when i kind of put the idea in their heads they were like okay sure but like you should get ready for grad school anyways they're like oh sure but this and this like they definitely had some doubts and they even might still have some doubts <laughs> but but they are so incredibly supportive like my mom helps make our bracelets jade's mom helps make our t-shirts um like they come, my parents like surprise me at our show in North Carolina. They come to so many shows. Like they let me live here right now <laughs> because I'm on tour so much. Like they're very supportive. Even this morning, like my mom left this on the table when she left and it's a, a nice. package for our van. And she got us and your brother's cassette for the van. So. Aww. <laughs> Now, I mean, now going along with that is that I'm I'm gonna go ahead and I'm gonna make that goal since the last goal was the uh, Georgia Theater. I'm gonna make the next goal opening for the Avett Brothers. That's gonna be your next. Uh, oh, yeah. That's the that's yeah. that's the next goal. We're gonna put that down. It's gonna happen. I'm gonna say two years. I'm giving it two <laughs> years. It's gonna happen. Um, Mom would sob. She would lose it if that happened. If I could get her backstage. 
Oh my gosh. Yeah, and I mean, I I think I think it's doable. I think it's doable. I think we I, I think it can happen. Now back to astronaut kids. Uh, at that first performance, uh, Tommy Troutwan was there, uh, who's a local musician in Athens. Mm -hmm. He was looking to produce artists. Again, it's one of these sort of fortuitous moments, it seems. Uh, and he comes mm -hmm. up to you guys and's like, "Hey, can I produce your song?" Uh, now again, me sometimes being a, a pessimistic fella. Uh, I was thinking about this, and I was like, what if I was in that situation? I feel like if I were you guys, I'd be like, who is this Joker? Nah, I don't think so. You know, like, were you guys like, oh, sweet, yeah, definitely, or were you like, maybe? He was, like, kind of a local celebrity. Mm. <laughs> he, like, he had been in this band called Jester, which was, like, a huge Athens band, and we'd been to Jester shows before mm. um, that show, and so... Now he's like has his own project called Well Kept, which is so sick. And we just like knew of him and we were like, oh my gosh, like Tommy's at our show. Like, this is crazy. And on top of that, he like loves our music and wants to produce a song. Like, of course, you're going to say yes. We were really excited. Sort of it. a no brainer. Yeah, totally. Yeah. Especially because we didn't know how to record our own music. We didn't have any money to record our own music. Um, and he kind of introed it with like, I don't have much gear, but I've taken like some production classes. And so he had almost asked like, maybe we should start with an acoustic song. So it was really cool that we ended up um, getting some studio time for pretty cheap and having my brother come and like doing Astronaut Kids. Because at first I think we thought we might do a song that was like more chill and less instruments. Yeah. Um, it was his first time, I think, recording something like that in a studio and it went so well. Yeah. Yeah. I mean, if that's the first time around, that's a pretty phenomenal first time around right there. So true. Uh, for sure. On like a one, one interface, one input. <laughs> it's like so simple. Man, it's, it's crazy sometimes how well that works out. We had peach face on the show, uh, a couple weeks ago and she wrote her first song with her iPhone and garage band and literally recorded it with a iPhone mic, you know? Uh, yeah, and I'm just like, what, how did, what? How did it come out so good? That's crazy. Like, it's, a, it's, it's pretty impressive what, what can be done uh, with, the, I mean, obviously you guys had more equipment than that, but like still, the minimal equipment that was involved and how good it came out uh, is uh, very impressive. Now, uh, I also find it ironic that I called him a joker and his band was Jester, and I didn't know. True. Found it's ironic. Because he's also like, he's the person that laughs in all of our tracks. Nice. And like, think why he goes like, enjoy your stay. Ha 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 ha. Fantastic. <laughs> Fantastic. Well, good. He is the Joker then. Good. Well, now, this, uh, Astronaut Kids came out, and you guys had a goal of a thousand streams. That was the initial. That was. <laughs> know that like, <laughs> in our brains <laughs> research research guys uh now i mean and that's that's a good starting goal like i mean honestly when you think about it i mean everybody gets going crazy they look at the you know the the weekend and people like that and you got like crazy insane 1.7 billion streams and stuff but honestly when you're a new artist 
And I, I have friends that still play almost every weekend, and they barely have over a thousand, you know, streams on their songs. So I think a thousand is good when you're coming out with a goal, and now you're over a million and a half on just Spotify by itself. Jeez. Uh, which is which is is crazy. Now I do have to mention that I did see on Instagram, you told a follower that if you went over a million streams, you would get a tattoo. They said tats, and you said bet. And I saw you at the tattoo parlor. Well, uh, yeah, there we go. Now, matching Saturn. Okay, I was about to say that's Saturn. All right, very nice, good. You came through. You came through with it. Now, how did you come across Saturn? What was I, I mean? I'm I see the connection, astronaut kids. But were there any other, uh, you know, candidates? Honestly, I'm surprised we didn't get a moon. That thought never crossed our mind, though. We, the thought of getting an astronaut did cross our mind, but it was just going to be too big and complicated. Uh, we were in New Orleans and we were like, first tats, let's go. And we just didn't really think much about it and just did it to celebrate. <laughs> there it is. I love it. I love it. That uh, doesn't look like it took too long. That's a pretty quick setup. Zip, zip. All right, there we go. We got it. As we were like so nervous and the tattoo guys who had tattoos everywhere were like laughing at us. We were like, is it gonna hurt? Like this tiny little thing and- Did yeah. not, did it? It really didn't. I, I've always heard that they hurt, but it was like a little uncomfy. Like I couldn't see doing it for hours and hours when some people get those like full arms and stuff. Yeah. But it wasn't bad. Now you bring that down to the front of your foot and you make it a lot bigger. Starts to get painful. Starts to you got you got to you got to mentally prep for that one. Um, now, d this is the thing. Now, despite the streaming success that you guys have had, I am extremely impressed with you guys. How you seem pretty addicted to jumping, jumping in the trenches, getting in that tour life. Like, I mean, regardless, like there are a lot of people out there that just sort of put their music out on spotify on soundcloud and just say all right let's see what happens let's let's get it going but you guys i mean in the span of the last uh less than two months february to april you guys have played 12 different states how addictive is performing is it up there with crack are you addicted to touring like how addicted to touring are you very addicted. i've never had crack but i would assume it's <laughs> Good, good. You heard it here, listeners. She is not addicted to crack. Maybe touring, but not crack. Good, yeah. good. I mean, do, yeah. it, is it though, is it one of those things that the more you do it, the more you're just like, ah, oh, I gotta get back out there? Yes. Yeah. <laughs> I was actually, um, I was talking to our bassist, Lucas, the other day, mm -hmm. and we were just like, comparing performing to a drug actually because you're just like you get such like a euphoria on stage and it's just like this overwhelming happiness that you can even like kind of crash afterwards because you have so much serotonin For just sure. from performing and it really is like you miss it when you're not there you know for sure you well you got more coming oh yeah we leave tomorrow actually yeah yeah, we're gonna we're gonna talk about that in just a little bit because uh, you've got one of our, our former guests that you're gonna be playing with there. Um, but you just finished a couple of shows in Mississippi. 
And a couple things about Mississippi. Uh, first, I couldn't help but notice there was a reference to Cracker Barrel uh, while on this trip. And uh, as listeners know, I've been to a good number of Cracker Barrels in my day. Uh, and I got to ask, are you guys the uh, breakfast all day type of Cracker Barrel visitors? Or are you the like the chicken and dumplings type visitors? Carmen, <laughs> our drummer, got the chicken and dumplings. And that's just like, don't order that at Cracker Barrel. I don't know. Like he said it was okay, but I'm a breakfast girl all day. I like it. I like it. Jade, are you the same way? Totally. Although like... We had just had Huddle House the day before mm. and like gotten like huge breakfast spread of mm. like eggs, bacon, all this, all the stuff. Mm. And so it just got to Cracker Barrel and I was like, I just want some like avocado toast or like, you know, a parfait. They're vibe. not, not going to do avocado toast at, at Cracker Barrel. That's not happening. You're going mama's pancake breakfast or nothing. That's not, uh, that's a fact. Not getting away with an avocado toast. That's. <laughs> Yeah, it was not the vibe for sure. And so, and like a side of fruit and hash browns. And it was, I wish I'd gone with the full pancake breakfast instead. Yeah, yeah, yeah. You, you, I mean, you're gonna, you're gonna miss out if you don't, if you don't go all the way with Cracker Barrel. We actually had uh, these guys from uh, the UK, Stone Broken. They're sort of a, a rock metal band. And uh, that's what they said when they came to the States. That was their go-to, was the Cracker Barrel. They're like, that's... Because apparently, I don't know if you guys know, but in, in the UK, they, they have Sunday, like, Sunday lunch, Sunday roast. It's like a, you know, they just, they, they meet for their, their weekly meal, and it's this big deal. And that was their Sunday roast spot, was Cracker Barrel. And I was like, I'll take it. I'll take it. That's a good spot. That's a good spot on a Sunday. Now, the other thing I got to ask about Mississippi is, uh, our listeners know, I uh, like to make fun of Mississippi occasionally because there are a lot of things about Mississippi uh, that at least Florida is is better than in some areas. And we can't say that about a lot of states because usually we're worse than pretty much everybody. Um, now, one of the things that interests me about Mississippi is that they have Kool-Aid pickles wait what oh okay my boyfriend's parents are from mississippi mm -hmm. and they actually made kool-aid pickles yes. once and <laughs> made their own and put them in the fridge and i like came over one day and i was like i already hate pickles <laughs> and i was just like what is this did you have one <laughs> no oh. no i refrained you could not pay me enough <laughs> Jess, I'm guessing. I'm guessing by how amazed you look, you've never had a uh, a Kool Aid pickle. No, I'm very curious. Like you just you dump a pack of Kool Aid into your pickles. That's yes. It? Yeah. So essentially, you have a pickle, and then you add Kool Aid mix to it. So you could do different flavors, like yeah. grape Kool pickle, mm -hmm. red pickle. Mm -hmm. Mm -hmm. That. That seems like an acquired taste. Pickles are already an acquired taste. There are many acquired tastes in Mississippi. Uh, <laughs> I will also give slug burgers being a, uh, a, a very uh, acquired taste there. Um, they've got... They, 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 yeah, it's interesting. Don't get me wrong. I love the Magnolia State. 
It's it's uh, it's it's interesting though, you know. It's a good place. Um, we did have we did have some really good food there. We went to this place that um we got like a whole seafood spread kind of, and we got half off because it was next to the venue. Oh, I will say we felt a little out of place in Mississippi <laughs> for sure. It depends on where you go, you know. It's one of those states that. Uh, They've got their interesting places. I feel like you might fit in if you go to Natchez, Mississippi. Uh, we, we've had a couple of, uh, uh, well, Bishop Gunn is from Natchez, and they, uh, they, I think you guys would like Natchez. I mean, and they have, a, they have a crawfish festival. Who doesn't love a crawfish festival? Come on. Pretty great. It's pretty great. That's pretty great. <laughs> now, I noticed, uh, speaking of the touring, I noticed on your top five listening locations on Spotify, I don't know if you guys dig in the numbers. I always like digging in numbers. I'm an analytics type guy. Uh, you've got Dallas on your top five. Did we really? Yes. Yes. I was <laughs> yeah, no, number five. So, I mean, have you guys, ha have you made it out to Dallas yet for a show? No, it's definitely on our on our hit list. Like, we'd love to get out there, but it's it's tough to route out west. Um, I was just talking about this today with somebody. It's like, once you get past Mississippi or anywhere, like, it's, a, it's quite a few hours to get anywhere else. Like, we're dealing with that with our Denver drive and everything. It's really out there. Um, Going through Texas is an unstoppable day of just nonstop, especially after you get past San Antonio. Just desert. Just yeah. lone desert and tumbleweeds. That's what you got out there. Our van, Maggie, is like made for the desert. She would just look so good out there, you know? There we go. You need to, you need to get some, uh, you need to get some spots. Uh, Albuquerque, and uh, some some Arizona spots. You need to just hit the Southwest, a hotel fiction Southwest tour. You know. It's fun. I really hope we make it to Texas one day, though, because I've heard it's like a completely different country there. Practically, they've got some vibes going. Well, and the, the crazy part is, is they got different vibes in every one of their cities. You know, I mean, Dallas is such a different vibe than Houston. Houston is such a different vibe than Austin. Austin is such a different vibe than San Antonio. Like they're all just these unique little little spots. But Dallas is is repping the hotel fiction. So I, I I'm telling you guys, you got to move it move it up there to the top. Got to get it there. I mean, you can shoot another Colorado and sort of work your way up. You know, you can. Yeah. If we route our own, that would be a good move. If we can get through Texas, yeah. we had talked about it maybe, but it yeah. Was it would have been like a t Wednesday, Tuesday, mm. and text. We're like, mm. I hear. I we've we've had several Dallas bands. I I hear they bring the I hear they bring the fire regardless of the day. So I mean, you know, but it does. It's crazy how many different like clicks of music they have too. Because we've had like alternative groups, we've had singer songwriters, we've had country groups, we've had metal groups all from Dallas. But they all have their little, you know. Their spots and their their venues, so it's uh, it's out there for you guys. It's out there. Uh, well, now speaking of this most recent tour, uh, you guys are touring with Susto, led by uh, Mr. Justin Osborne. We were lucky enough to have Justin on the show a little while ago. Uh, very enjoyable fella. You guys have played shows with Justin before, and uh, him and the Acid Boys they've been in the game for a long time. Uh, 
uh, decade or more. Uh, has he thrown any? Is he is he a, a an advice type of guy, or does he not? Does he just hang? Does he get? Has he given any advice to you? I mean, I think like he has a lot of wisdom just in his songs, honestly. But also, sure. like I think what I've learned from him the most is shoot your shot because he, uh, you know, the way we got these shows is we messaged him. And just DM'd him that we we're gonna be in Charleston, and we we're like, we listen to music all the time on tour. And he ended up coming to the show, like we didn't expect that, um, but he ended up showing up, and immediately was like, you guys should play shows with us, and was like so receptive to our music and so kind about it, and the fact that he came and listened. And we go on tour with him, and our bass player at the time, Cannon, is uh, shoots his shot and is like, hey, can I play pedal steel on a song? Can I like? maybe if you need it like he was he was nice but he was like if you want pedal steel i can bring it along maybe jam with you guys on something and i was like oh that's never gonna happen and so, so like justin was like absolutely yeah let's make it happen and actually now canon is their tour manager and they met that way wow. so i think like justin is very open to life and possibilities and opportunities and it just like shows in his actions um and you know I think it would be easy. He's a very successful musician in Susto. They're all very successful. It would be easy to just be like, oh, yeah, this tiny band messaging me, whatever. This guy wants to get on stage, whatever. But he's, like, very open to the world. Um, and I think it's led to some beautiful things for us and hopefully for them. So For sure. He, he loves music. It's obvious that, you know, that's what drives him. And I'm sure that's why he was like, when you guys messaged him, he was like, check out this band. Worst, yeah. you know, like the what's the worst that could happen? I don't like him and I'll leave. Like, you know, that's, and so he, he just recently got his uh his lucky ring there too. He went to the you know, the lucky uh, uh you'll have to ask him about the Willie Nelson uh you know, Willie Nelson festival there. I'm totally jealous because I will never have a band to be able to get that ring, but it's such a cool ring, and I'm like, oh man. It's like you're a superhero after you get it. You just, ah, boom. There's like, just so cool. Um, Our friend got one of them too, and he uh, showed us it. And I was like, my mom, my mom thinks it's so crazy. She's like, Cannon went to this farm and has a ring from Luck, from Willie Nelson. It's awesome. Yeah. <laughs> yeah. It's pretty sweet. Now, uh, Soft Focus came out last year. Uh, and, uh, you know, been a great reception so far. Uh, how are you guys working on new music or are you setting with soft focus for, for a while and, you know, touring on that for a while? Or are you just continually cranking it out? Um, yeah, we're working on new music right now. We're working on a, an EP and we finished some songs. And we're about to release one, um, which is really exciting. Yeah. It's called either Monster or Meet the Monster. Mm. You haven't decided yet if you have any opinion. I think you should go Meet the Monster because Monster, there's already so many I can think of as far as uh, songs, out, the Kanye West Monster song, the Skillet song. There, there's a lot of... so. It, you might get lost in that that mix when people are looking for it. You know, they Spotify Monster, and they're gonna be like, "Oh, I guess it's not out yet." But you put "Meet the Monster," don't come out. That's just my two cents. No, we appreciate so, it. Um, the name "Wake Up" 
parentheses monster mm-hmm. or monster in parentheses wake up gotcha oh, yeah. yeah um but yeah but yeah we have we've been actually touring with all of the music that we're like working on in the studio right now nice so just because we love the song so much that we love playing them live yeah. and they're just um, they feel so much like us you know and so it'll be really nice to finally have the songs out that we've been performing for, for sure what, what what song are they uh the the crowds responding to the most would you say maybe athens georgia i think or meet the monster um i think those two are maybe our favorites to play and maybe the crowd kind of picks up on that but we have this song called Athens, Georgia, and especially in Athens, people love it. So. A little hometown ode, huh? A little mm-hmm. nice. It is. The name might change. So TBD, we, okay. we reference songs in a certain way, but until they're out, you never know what they'll be called. Yeah, you got always you always have that placeholder. To like finish writing a song and we just call it new song, but then you have too many new songs on your set list and you have to start <laughs> names arbitrarily. You know, yeah. that's what uh, I had one uh, one band on. They were talking about like uh, saving all their files, like recording, and like we had like four hundred new song dash and like the date or new song and this. So we just started coming up with ridiculous names instead. That were just like, and then they just started keeping the ridiculous names because they're like, you know what? That's even better than the you know than some meaningful name that we were trying to come up with. Because then everybody be like, what's that mean? They're like, nothing. Really, we just, <laughs> this completely has nothing to do with the song whatsoever. Um, can Do we have a uh, a date for the EP or is that still in the works? We're hoping like this fall okay. to have them all done. Um, and then the first single, we're hoping maybe like April, May. Mm-hmm. Maybe now I I'm not pushing anything, but uh, now you guys played that first show April nineteenth, right? Yeah, we did in uh, Athens. Yeah, yeah. First show. Yeah. Or, you know? I didn't know that. <laughs> Just researching. Yeah. Just researching, going back, you know. Now, uh, one of the uh, the last band we had on the show, they're releasing a song on April twentieth. Uh, so oh. you know, April nineteenth is clear for the taking guys it's clear i'm sure no one else will release it on april and you can be like fourth anniversary of the first show fourth anniversary awesome oh wait third anniversary third anniversary right yeah yeah i think yeah we haven't been in band for three four years yet i think i think we're coming up with our three-year anniversary yeah there we go meaningful doing april 15th and then playing the gainesville show right after that is like a celebration but it took us longer than we thought it always does so it might be may who knows yeah you know it comes out when it comes out listeners settle down okay it'll come out when it comes out uh now, now that I've got through all the music, every now and then I like to ask ran- some random questions. So uh, I've got a couple of random questions, just two for each. Uh, and now, first one, Jess, again, doing research here. Mount Kilimanjaro, you climbed that shit. You did <laughs> all the way up yeah. to the top. <laughs> all the way up to the top. What was that like? It was like the hardest experience of my life by far it was wild um i just spent three weeks in tanzania which was super great with some friends studying abroad and 20 of us climbed kilimanjaro over six days total 
and it involves a lot of prep. I mean, I had tried to train for it. I won't say I like did the best job training. You have to take altitude pills. You have to. Yeah. It's crazy, but really, every single day, like all you do is walk, and you walk for hours and hours, and it's really peaceful, and you have some beautiful conversations, and every. Day the terrain is like a whole different planet. It changes every single day. So by day four or five, we were above the clouds, and you could see all the clouds out beyond. And by day, like by summit night,、mm-hmm. it felt like you're on Mars or something. Yeah. But、uh, like they have you fully summit the mountain. You get to your campsite at like three p.m. You sleep for a few hours. You go to bed right then. You wake up at 11 p.m. and you start the summit, which is like an eight-hour hike in the middle of the night. And they say you do it because if you saw how like steep and high it was, you would turn around. So I almost didn't make it. I was like throwing up like crazy and losing fluids. But、um, my friends helped me out, tied my shoes because I felt too weak to do it. And eventually, I made it to the top, and we all cried, and it was so beautiful. <laughs> Very impressive. Nineteen thousand three hundred forty-one feet. That's. Oh yeah. That's that's.、It's- How many times did you sing Africa Toto? Toto's Africa. <laughs> oh, it was for sure mentioned and sung quite、yes. a few times. <laughs> yes. Good. Good. <laughs> By the way, there's an amazing remake of that by Quiet Drive, sort of that、uh, pop、uh, pop punk band. Oh, it's a good one too. They did do a killer job on it. I mean, it's not as good as the original, but it's up there. Jade, is it still your opinion that Oregon is the best state? Because I saw a post on Oregon. Is it your favorite、yeah. state? It is by far. I think. Wow.、Um, it's just. It's got a little bit of everything, you know. It's like you got the Hood River vibe, which is like this cute little small town city on the river. Then you have the mountains and hiking, and then you also have the beach. And I I was born in Florida, so I had the whole Florida beach experience growing up. But the beach there, it's just so much more. It's mystical. Yeah, it feels like something out of a book.、Mm-hmm. Mm-hmm. We got a couple listeners from、uh, Oregon. Shout out to our Oregon listeners. Shout out.、Um, now, one other question. I'll go. I'll go back to back with the Jade questions here. Jade,、uh, if I go to Michigan, can you potentially introduce me to your friend Cloud the Cat? Because、oh, he seems fantastic. He seems、yes. like the greatest cat I have ever seen. Oh my gosh, he was like, I love cats. Top three cats. Cloud is one of them. Wow.、Um, it was my boyfriend was working on a farm in Michigan all summer,、mm-hmm. and my great grandmother also lives in Michigan. A lot of my family's from there,、mm-hmm. and so I took a trip up there, and it was crazy because there's two two cats, Cloud and Thunder,、mm-hmm. I think. That were twins,、mm-hmm. cutest thing ever. The day I am going to visit Walt on his farm, they find that Thunder has passed away. Oh no! And it's just Cloud, and so Cloud, I hope is still out there being a farm cat. But if if he's there, I will introduce you. Cla- Cloud was looking for a friend when you showed up, huh? He was. I I was the friend Cloud needed. 
he, he seemed very loving. He was just, just walking right up to you like, hey, I'm fuzzy. Let's hang out. I was, like, I was trying so hard to get Walt to bring him home and keep him as a pet. I was Should've like, done this it. cat needs to not be in the farm. It needs to be like in a nice home. Well, if 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 Walt is open to it, I'm gonna I'm gonna head up to Michigan and take Cloud as a cat. He's gonna be he's gonna be a studio cat. He's gonna be around here just Aww. hanging out. It would be I mean that guy looked fuzzy and gray. I wanted to be Cloud's friend. Um, <laughs> Now, Jess, uh, since you grew up in in Georgia, in Atlanta, um, I'm going to have to ask, because it's one of my favorite places to eat, where would you tell me to eat in Atlanta, in the area? Where should I go? If I'm going to Atlanta and I'm like, I need that, that killer place, what are you going to tell me? What do you like? I feel like we start there. Okay. Okay. Um, w w let's let's do sort of the original. Let's do sort of the uh, southern 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 comfort food. The uh, the soul food. Southern food. I worked Ooh. at this restaurant called Sprig, mm -hmm. and it's like organic farm southern food. That's probably my favorite place to go for that kind of stuff. You can get everything from like pimento cheese burgers to like fancy salmon mm -hmm. to fried Brussels sprouts, mm. mac and cheese, that kind of thing. Um, another place I just thought of is like, there's this area called Beaufort Highway mm -hmm. and there's a ton of really good food there. And there's this place called Lee's Bakery and they have $4 banh mi and it's so good. Just like a Vietnamese sandwich with, it can be like tofu or pork and a bunch of vegetables. So that's some of my favorite food in Atlanta too. Love it. Love it. Sprig. I'm headed there next time. Now, where where is Sprig in Atlanta? It's like in the Oak Grove, kind of near Decatur area, um, which is pretty much where I grew up. Gotcha. Gotcha. I love it. I love it. Well, guys, Jess, Jade, we are up against a break, but I want to thank you for taking the time, uh, coming on the show, spending some time with us. Thank you so much for having us. For this sure. So fun. Questions. For sure. <laughs> For sure, yeah. listeners, you can keep up with Hotel Fiction at their website, hotelfiction.com. You can follow them on social media at Hotel Fiction. Right now, let's take a listen to my favorite Office All Focus. This is Day Drifter, right here on the Doc G Show.
And we are back here on the Doc G a show you just heard Hotel Fiction. Fantastic, Mike. I just mm-hmm. can't say enough about those ladies. I enjoyed I enjoyed those ladies as far as their their entertaining personalities, their fantastic music, their motivation. Just a good time, Mike. This is a yeah. good time. And if you're looking for a good time in the area of North Florida, you can either go to Gainesville in April, uh, April 16th here, just coming up in a week and a half, or you can go uh, Jacksonville if you're in town, May 7th. Check these ladies out. Jackrabbits in uh, in Jacksonville and the High Dive in Gainesville, Mike. I was very excited that Jade had heard of Kool-Aid Pickles. That's always... Yeah. Uh, it's good to know that people are connected on the ground to what's going down <laughs> in Mississippi. So it's true. It's always a good time. It's always a good time. And, Mike, I'm not lying. If I go to Michigan, I'm stealing that cat cloud. Uh, yeah. I, I, I don't think you can call it stealing either because he's technically he's like a farm cat. So he lives out mm. on the farm. So, like, I mean, yeah. you know, come on. Come on. Yeah. Yeah. Basically, like you're asking for somebody to take him, and I will take him. Yeah, you know, mm-hmm. and he, he will don't. turn in. He will turn into a studio cat, and every yeah. show you'll just see him sitting here on my shoulder, oh, and you'll be like, the views would go. The views for the Instagram oh, yeah. videos would go way up. Oh yeah, just imagine, cloud the cat over here, and yeah. moon the owl over here. You know, just wow. just a little owl looking over at him, like what? What, what did he do with his giant old eyes, you know? Just And then Cloud the Cat being like, settle down, Moon, you crazy <laughs> bag. You know, just that's <laughs> Doc awesome. G, if you had an owl on one shoulder and a cat on the other shoulder, oh, my God. This yeah, exactly. I would be, be over. The, I would be the envy of every kindergartner. Um, <laughs> and every woman He's in the wizard. world. Every woman in the world would be like, stay away from that nerd bag. My God, he is a weirdo. Come on, Doc G. If you had a Tinder profile picture with an owl and a cat on, uh, it'd be just me, me and the owl both doing this number yeah. with our heads, just going. <laughs> Listeners can't see what I'm doing, guys. I'm I'm moving my head in circles like an owl does. <laughs> That's that's your play-by-play. Uh, regardless, guys, go out and stream some Hotel mm-hmm. Fiction. They are fantastic. They will be in our neck of the woods very soon. You need to check them out. Uh, I can't wait. I, I, you know, I want to get them into the studio at some point if we can. You know, just jam yeah. in the studio a little bit. I know they're on a little bit of a time crunch here for these these shows coming up. So I don't want to, you know, I didn't want to press things. I didn't want to yeah. be like. Come on, guys, and then be like, oh, this weirdo. Don't want to go there, you know? So, anyways, Mike, uh, we've got, uh, you know what we got? We got a couple birthday suits here. Yeah, we have a couple. You got a couple of birthday suits. Now, uh, you've got you got the first one. Um, okay. Now, well, you got uh, uh, Paul Rudd, is what I'm saying. Uh, I don't know if you'll get either of these two. Um, <laughs> yeah, yeah, you're. We'll see. I, Star Wars? Do you do Star Wars? Hmm. I mean, not no. to a, not to a, yeah, okay. Yeah, all right. <laughs> yeah. Okay, so you're not going to get the second one, and I don't think you'll get the first one, but we're going to try. Okay, here we go. We'll try. Born on April 6, 1937, in Dell, California. Our birthday suit wears parents were Okies that settled in California after the Great Depression. 
A birthday suit wearer got in a lot of trouble when he was younger, getting sent to juvenile detention several times. When he was 15, he ran away from home to Texas, but he returned back to California after a couple of months. From the young age of 12, though, he always had his guitar. He was constantly playing his guitar. He was influenced by Lefty Frizzell and Hank Williams. At the age of 20, he tried to rob the Bakersfield Roadhouse and was sent to jail. After he got out, he started playing more music and eventually started making records with Tally Records. He recorded the song Sing a Sad Song in 1964 and it became a hit. His first number one single was in 1967 with I'm a Lonesome Fugitive. Our birthday suit wearer went on to release over 60 studio albums, many with his band The Strangers and several with Willie Nelson, most notably Poncho and Lefty. He had 38 number one country hits, including Oki from Muskogee, uh, it's Not Love, Old Man from the Mountain, Moving On, and of course, Poncho and Lefty. He won two Grammys and a Lifetime Achievement Grammy. He's been inducted into the Kennedy Center of Honors and the Nashville Songwriters Hall of Fame. Name that birthday suit wearer. Uh, I'm going to guess here. I'm going to just say Hank Williams. Well, he, was, he, he was inspired by Hank Williams. Oh, he was inspired by Hank Williams. Yeah. Can't be Hank that. Williams. Yeah, yeah. <laughs> that would be very difficult had, for him. I had Bill Withers in my head for just a moment. And then you were like Robin Banks and all this stuff. I'm like, yeah, Bill Withers would not rob. Bill Banks. Withers? Bill Withers no from no way. West Virginia. West Virginia okay. for Bill yeah. Withers. Uh, this is Merle Haggard. Merle, Merle Haggard. Haggard. Yes. Merle. You've, heard, you've heard Merle the Pearl, right? Uh, no, I don't think so. <laughs> Merle Haggard, I would say, I don't know. I'd put him on the top. He's definitely on the top 10 most famous country artists of all time. Uh, I might say top five. You know, like on my on my top five, I would have, without a doubt, uh, uh, Hank Williams, uh, Johnny Cash, uh, Willie Nelson, Dolly Parton, uh, and I would probably Garth Brooks. I'm, come Jim, on, yeah. If you're doing new, I could put Garth Brooks on there. Okay. Jim, okay. Jimmy Rogers, the original uh, country music star. He was the original. Um, I'd put all of those on there, but Merle Haggard, I would say, goes on a lot of people's. I mean, you know, 38 mm. number one hits, 38 one number hit uh, number wow. one. That that's a lot. Um, yeah, George Strait would probably have to go on there now that I'm thinking about it because he because he, uh. he's had definitely close to the number of hits that Merle had. Uh, Waylon Jennings would also have to go up there. I'm pretty big. Uh, I got sidetracked. That's not the point. Merle Haggard um, died, sadly, in 2016. Uh, but this would have been, let's see, what would this have been? 63, do the math. 85. It would have been his 85th birthday. Hmm. Uh, so, sadly, passed away. And it's one of those weird fellas that died on his birthday. He was born on hmm. April 6th, passed away on April 6th. Pretty huh. wild. Yeah. Interesting. Yeah, it's, uh, it's, I mean, I mean, I guess, I guess, you know, it's good, like cyclic, like, all right, yeah, there we go. 
Which, by the way, that was that was uh, that was a sad quote about sleep that I saw, or like a bad quote about sleep that I saw was uh, was an Edgar Allan Poe quote about sleep uh, that I was like, that's just that's just that's just morbid. Like that's not good. Sleep, those little slices of death. How I loathe them. <laughs> that's great. <laughs> Yikes. Yikes. You're not having good sleeps, Edgar. That is not not solid. Anyways, I got derailed. Merle's turning <laughs> uh Merle's turning eighty five or would have turned eighty five. Merle the Pearl, man. I don't think anybody called him Merle the Pearl. That was just I literally made that up. Um I mean it rhymes. Why wouldn't you call it? Yeah. Man? Now there was Earl the Pearl. That was a basketball player from Syracuse. Mm. Don't know if you remember Earl the Pearl. No. Anywho, let's go to the next uh, birthday suit, Mike. Uh, born on April 6, 1937. Same birthday. Uh, in New York City, New York. Our birthday suit wearer was uh, interested in acting from a very young age. His Broadway debut was at the age of seven in the movie Firebrand of Florence. After that taste of acting, our birthday suit wearer remained interested his, the rest of his life. He made his film debut in 1959 in The Last Angry Man. It wasn't until the 70s that his career really started taking off. In 1972, he played Billy Holiday's husband in the movie Lady Sings the Blues. In 1980, he was, a, uh, he was cast as Lando Calrissian in The Empire Strikes Back, becoming the first African-American in the Star Wars series. He also returned to play Lando Calrissian in The Return of the Jedi. He's also still remembered for commercials he did throughout the 80s for the fantastic brand Colt 45 Malt Liquor. Sweet. Yes. <laughs> Name that birthday suit where? I don't know. <laughs> he also played he also had a role I mean I know this isn't going to get it for you but I just love the movie he also had a role in the movie Ladies Man uh, which was a hilarious movie there uh, wasn't that a um, Michael uh, Keaton movie no 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 Ladies Man was a, uh, a, a Saturday Night Live movie there with um, what's his face Tim Meadows uh, Ten Meadows. Yeah, yeah, hilarious one, man. Will Ferrell's in it. Uh, Will Ferrell turns out to be a closeted homosexual man who's married to the uh, lady that uh, the ladies' man is hooking up with. Great, great movie. Need to check it out. Uh, definitely did not do well in the box office uh, at <laughs> all, um, but I found it funny. Anyways, he was in this. Billy D. Williams. <laughs> Billy, Billy D. Dachi, question for you, though. Wasn't James Earl Jones? I mean, wouldn't he have been the first African-American in Star Wars? I don't know if I heard you correctly. What would, I'm what guessing would be... that would be the sc screen, though, on film. On you film. Know, gotcha. Because you don't actually see James Earl Jones. True. He's just the voice. So yeah, true, true, true. I'm guessing they were counting it as actual on set, you know? Mm. Got Think you. about a whole billions of people in the galaxy far far away and there's one black dude billy d williams <laughs> that's it that's it uh you know that's hilarious any, 
<laughs> Anyways, uh, happy birthday to Billy D. Still kicking, man. Still alive. Still doing great things out there. 85. Happy birthday. 85. Happy birthday to Billy D. Uh, Mike, I am excited. Two former guests coming on the show in the next two weeks. I'm very excited. That always means they don't hate us. So that makes yeah. me very happy mm-hmm. when I find out that former guests don't hate us. Yes! First off, we've got a fantastic Adam Roth. His uh, solo stuff is coming out. His solo stuff is titled Death Cruiser. Uh, it's a, fa- a fantastic song. Very introspective stuff. This is very personal stuff for him. A little bit different from the uh, Grizz Folk stuff that he's put out in the past. Very excited to talk to him. Can't wait to have him on the show. Then... The next week, we have the fantastic Dead Posey. Oh, my gosh. Dead Posey. We had a great time with them. Danielle and Tony. These guys are just great. Love Danielle and Tony. Uh, last time, this was right like in the in the heart of the pandemic, Mike. This was uh, summer of 2020 that we had them on the show there. Mm-hmm. And uh, after I did the interview, we talked on the phone for like two hours. I don't know... <laughs> I don't know if they wanted to continue the conversation. I was probably holding them more for ransom, but they were nice enough to come back on the show. So regardless, you yeah. know, I can't wait to have them on the show again. This time, probably after the interview, they're going, hey, I got to go, bye. Just hang up as soon as I can. Um, but regardless, they're going to be on the show. They've got a new tour. They got a new album. They got new singles out. And uh, I commented the other day on Instagram that I'd like to wear Danielle's pants. She had mm. some very jazzy pants in this picture. They were striped white and black pants, sort of mm. looked like like Beetlejuice pants almost, oh, you know? Okay. And okay. I was like, I want a pair of those pants. And I was like, can I buy borrow a pair? And she was like, you got it. <laughs> and I was like, yes! Anyways... That has nothing to do with them coming on the show. (laughs) Anyways, Mike, we have got to wrap it up for this week. Uh, Until next week, guys, I have been your host, Doc G. With me, as always, the one, the only, Mikey Maximus, the Fernicus, Charette. Thank you, sir. Thank you. Thank you. Thank you. Doc G, great show. And until next week, zip it up and zip it out. Zippity-doo-dah.